0: Welcome to Leadership DNA, a podcast for those who aspire to be a better leader. Alongside Arturo Gomez, I'm Rob Cressy. And today's topic, positive energy. And today, we have a special special guest joining us. And Arturo, I'm going to let you do the introduction.
1: Super excited today. Um, good friend of mine, Carrie Luxem, who uh, I have tremendous respect for. Um, she's a public speaker, entrepreneur author and also the leader of the restaurant HR group. So I don't want to steal her thunder. I'd like to give her a little opportunity to actually introduce herself and tell us a little bit about where she's focused right now.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for inviting me onto your show. I've been listening to your podcast. It's some unbelievably valuable information that you guys pump out. So I am honored to be a part of the show. So uh, to give you kind of the quick story of my, my whole life story, but I'll try to do it very quickly because I know we only have 30 minutes here. But I started in the restaurant industry back uh, when I was 15 years old. Uh, I had, uh, you know, it was really life changing for me at that time in my life. I was not going down a great path. And I get this one job at Dairy Queen where there's great leaders positive, uh, you know, franchisees, great systems. And it really helped uh, turn my life around uh, and shape me, keep me in school and, and and kind of that path that started there. I'm a very naturally entrepreneurial person. So as I was a teenager, I was selling M&Ms and, you know, stuffing balloons and like whatever I could do to make a buck, right. So I decided I, I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, which is a kind of small kind of town, you know, and I, I wanted to get out of it, uh, that city and Try something. I knew there had to be something bigger for me. So I moved to Chicago in the late 90s and I crossed paths with the visionary behind Potbelly Sandwich Works. And uh, this guy's name is Bryant Kyle. He's uh, an absolute, you know, the guy that kind of gave me the chance when nobody else would believed in me before I believed in myself, kind of a thing. But he had these three restaurants in Chicago and he had this unbelievable vision for growing the company and impacting lives. And I wanted to be a part of this. So I begged and kicked and screamed and pleaded until he gave me the job to head up his HR department at three stores. So I started the HR department, not really knowing I had a great attitude and a lot of passion and stayed with Potbelly for uh, over 10 years. We grew to 220 plus restaurants over the course of the time that I was with Potbelly. And I just learned so much about people, about hard skills and operations and soft skills, interpersonal skills, and what really matters and how I could be an expert at supporting restaurant operators. I'm I'm very passionate about this industry. And so I left there in 2010. The company had gotten really big, great nothing but positive things to say about it. But my husband was starting. uh, My husband is a Dunkin Donuts franchisee and he was starting his business. And I was like, I'm a mom and I had two small kids at the time. I'm like, I'll take care of my kids. I'll help my husband. And I had this vision for helping restaurateurs set up their HR systems and processes and how to find and develop great leaders as that's what I had helped Potbelly do. So I started my business sort of as like a part-time gig. I'm a mom, I'm helping my husband, but let's do this. And it just really kind of started with that. And uh, you know, we had a, a real niche and we, we grew the business. I've been in business for t- over 10 years, uh, almost 11 years that we've been in business and at restaurant HR group, we basically support tours with their payroll benefits in HR administration where I am currently is I, I operate that company. Uh, you know, I, I oversee the company, but it really runs very seamlessly. I have great people. And uh, my focus right now is I'm finishing my second book. I, 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 my first book was a playbook for setting up your HR systems. My second book is a soft skills playbook. So it's basically I'm touching on Soft skills, po- positive energy, positive attitude is one of the chapters, you know? So I, I, um, I'm doing that. I definitely do some keynotes and things like that. I have a membership platform that we, uh, you know, we support people that can't necessarily or don't want uh, us to do their HR to be the outsourced service. They can become a member and we support them through the membership platform. And that sort of thing. So finishing my second book in hopefully March of 21. And then in May of 21, I'm starting my own show, the Carrie Luxem show. And I have a hat for both of you guys off send it to you. But anyway, I'm going to go out into the world. A lot of people are doing podcasts and, and, uh, you know, there's so much great stuff out there. This was actually supposed to start in 2020. I was going to launch at the restaurant show this year. Course, that didn't happen. So we're doing it in hopefully 2021. But with the Carrie Luxem show, I'm really on a mission to help create more restaurant success stories. And I'm going to do that through going out and talking to and interviewing savvy restaurateurs, CEOs, general managers, anybody that has success and some of these soft skills or, or how they built their franchise or started a business. And we're going to learn through them and their wisdom. So I'm going to do these short shows in person. I'm going to be all over. I've been locked up here for the last six months. I'm really excited to get out and do that. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I, I love this industry and I'm on a mission to help create more restaurant success stories and leadership stories. And so I appreciate the platform like this to help me accomplish that mission.
0: Wow, that is a whole whole bunch of awesomeness. <laughs> yeah. And Carrie, one, I can feel your energy radiating, and I absolutely love it. And yeah. before we um, actually booked the show, we gave you a few options for what you wanted to talk about, and you chose positive energy, which made me feel amazing, but I'm curious why you chose positive energy, because I think it's going to be a good baseline for us for the rest of our yeah. conversation.
2: Yeah. It is, it is uh, very important to me. I will tell you it's single-handedly probably what has kept me going throughout my life. I am like so many other people in this world. I have I have a husband and, you know, we have our ups and downs. I have two teenage boys, you know, nothing said there. I, I have my problems. I'm going through the, the pandemic just like everybody else is. I lose clients. I, uh, you know, I have you know, teammates that are happy one day and and not the next. Life can be stressful. But what I have made a decision to do is I'm very deliberate in my intention on focusing on the bright side. And, And positive energy isn't about extroversion to me. It's not about, I am a highly extroverted person. My husband is a very introverted person, but he's got a very positive outlook on life. It's about It's about best foot forward. It's about looking at the bright side. I failed at something. I lost that client. What can I learn from it? You know, you win or you learn, you know, that kind of a mentality. And so if I didn't have that positive outlook through my life when I, you know, made mistakes at work or my father passed away or I had problems with siblings or whatever it is, if I didn't, if I didn't teach myself to do that, I don't know how this building a business could be sustainable for me. And I give a lot of the credit to the success in my companies, to the fact that I am very focused on being very positive And I surround myself with people, whether it's online or offline or family or whatever, that are like that, that have a, that tend to look at the bright side of things. But that does not mean I'm happy every day. And I have this, you know, upbeat, I mean, on podcasts, I am, I mean, it was funny. I got to tell you last last night, we had a rough day yesterday. And I told my COO, it's really funny. I'm doing a podcast tomorrow on positive energy because I wasn't so positive yesterday, but I knew when I woke up today, this is what I've trained myself to do. Uh, You got to be positive and you got to look at what we learned from the stress that happened yesterday. So that is why I'm so passionate about this. And I think if people, can train themselves to focus on the positive things that come from the negativity or how to have, uh, you know, positivity or surround yourself with those people. I think that they can sustain things longer and have the success that they want to have long-term.
0: Yeah. It's very, it's very much a mindset and a lifestyle. So Arturo, I'll let you jump in.
1: No, I, I, I completely agree. I Carrie and I, I mean, I, you know, we've, we've known each other, I think for, for a good amount of time, but, mm-hmm. but I think it's, um, and I've always known you to be an extremely positive outward person, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. how do you, uh, what are, what are some of the recommendations? I mean, you, you, you're speaking to some, you know, very powerful restaurant CEOs. Um, and I think that the, the ability to harness positive energy or to create that in the workplace is part of the success story that many of these people have. And I, when I, when I look at, times at least in in our own lives uh, or in my business life entrepreneurial life where we had real success it's because we had a team that really believed in the concept of positive energy and then yeah. there's times where we really struggled and no matter how much energy enthusiasm that i brought to the to the to the pie we still struggled because there was there were certain individuals in the chain that just were not positive people. So is, are there recommendations that you have to, I mean, how do you hire right and filter that in the early stage process? Because it's, that really determines how things get kicked off.
2: Right. Well, the first thing I'll say is life happens to all of us. And I don't care who you are. I, I, I give this, people know me as being overly positive. And of course I'm going to get on videos and I'm going to do this. And, but I have my life real life too. ask my husband if I'm positive all the time. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But but the reality is people have lives. And when you're hiring people, you know, what you want to look for, it's not necessarily like I said, energy, but you can focus in and hone in on things to find out how people are hardwired or what they're going through in their life. And sometimes when you can make a connection with somebody, you know, people always talk about, you know, you're just born that way, you know, care, you're just naturally that way. Like you just you can't teach that. And I just don't agree with that. I didn't know I'm I've not always been a person that focuses on positive energy, I used to get down on life and feel sorry for myself and be negative. And I had great leaders around me who lifted me up. So as you're, you know, or who who taught me how to enjoy the journey or gave me the confidence to fail and learn from the failure failure is part of success it's not the opposite of success right mm-hmm. and so all of these things and constantly being around leaders that taught me that or even leaders that were the opposite of that i didn't want to be like i don't want to be a, a, a leader like that so to answer your question arturo you know when you're going through like the interview process you 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 People tend to focus on highlighting their mission and focusing on the hard skills, but really dig deep and have in-depth conversations about what makes people tick. You know, what is it that makes you happy? What makes you not happy? You know, how do you learn from your mistakes? What kind of person do you like to be around? Where do you? Because truthfully, some people. I I, I think about my kids, right? They're. Sporty, very sporty kids. Remember the Luxem name because we think they're going to be, you know, baseball, and basketball players. I mean, if he's 14 and he's 6'3", he's going to be something, right? But the truth is, you know, he's, they, they, uh, they both, I have two boys, one's 12, one's 14. One of them is very inspired by the kind of coach that lifts him up. And supports him. The other one likes to be beaten up a little bit. They like a coach that's going to like tell them how it, ha- how it has to be. And they both are, you know, they both are motivated and inspired differently. So as you're interviewing and hiring and onboarding and trying to retain people, you've got to know your people and you've got to understand how to connect with them emotionally and, 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 you know, and figure out what they need. And that is not one size fits all, there's no HR person or book or, you know, uh, leader in the world can say these are the 10 things that you do, and you're going to have success hiring, or retaining people. I mean, I know operators that are really, really the opposite of how I lead, you know, how the way I, I I'm a very over the top pad on the back, you know, I might overdo it a little too much. I know some of the some of the most impactful leaders in my life, they were the opposite of that. They were straight talkers. If I got a pat on my back, it was like once every three years. And I just loved that, you know, but I was inspired by the way they cared about me and their compassion. So I mean, I I think you've just got to know your people, you've got to dig deeper into the interview process and find out what matters to people that are coming to work for you, and how they are, how they operate. And what what is it, you know, what is it that they want out of life and try to Accomplish that. What's going to make that person want to work hard for you? And that's not the same as the next guy that you're interviewing. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. I think the, I think we're 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 talking about um, you know, there's a large part of that onus and responsibility being on the person that's actually hiring the person, right? And so that um you know that concept of energy flowing down downhill and actually creating a culture where people feel safe, where they feel comfortable, um, and they can develop and they can flourish, I think is a really important concept. And, and so um, I think that that really is what where, where the culture is created, right?
2: Yeah. But on the flip side, <clears throat> Arturo, I think kind of this is where you're going with it. So you get those people in your company that are toxic, or that are just always negative, right. no matter what you do, no matter how you know, how much you try to show them energy or know who they are. Those people can't be in your company, you know? And so if you've got a person that that no matter what it is you do, you try to connect with them, no business owner, no company, I don't care if you're like identified as one of the best concepts in the universe, whether it's a really great, like a Chick-fil-A or an In-N-Out burger or Google or all these companies that really seem to do it well, there's going to be people that have negative energy and that bring people down they need to be held accountable just as though they broke a policy or violation in your company. They need to be, they need to understand how catastrophic that toxicity can be uh, in your restaurant. And if they can't fix it, to me, that's like more important than somebody that's underperforming because they don't know how to do the job. And oftentimes, it's not as measurable, it's harder to really go, okay, this isn't a violation that I see on page 24 of the handbook. So how am I going to hold them accountable? You've got to live it and breathe it and connect why, you know, this hospitality, this energy connecting with people on your team, it's important and it's essential. And I'm going to hold you accountable for it. It doesn't mean we can't have disagreements and that you can't come to me with negative feedback or whatever, but it's about a mindset It's about how we treat each other. It's about respect and trust and all those things. If you don't have those things, the faster you can get that person out of your company, the better. I mean, I think toxic people can do so much damage so incredibly right. quick. They can, they can quickly turn things uh, to a negative uh, environment. I've, I've been there. I've right. had that culture before in my company. So. And so how do you, is there, is there
1: recommendations? I mean, I, I have a, <clears throat> I, I kind of sit on the fence where I, I believe that, um, Obviously, I think that the positivity and the decisions that we make on a daily basis to either uh, approach and embrace something from a different perspective, I think, can be learned, can be coached. Um, I also believe that there's people that are generally born with an energy to them that that can find that path to positivity much quicker. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've had, you know, a bunch of a bunch of instances in the past where we've we've had individuals that that were negative. And, and those are hard discussions, the discussions of, um, you know, really trying to create a program for them to step outside of basically step outside of their, their themselves and to actually reevaluate how they're interacting with people. Because mm-hmm. they do have choices. So, are, are there certain things that you've that you've done in the past, or or a program like a DAP or something that you guys have that, that's kind of like off the shelf to implement with with those situations, mm-hmm. or not really?
2: You know, I would say not really. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I I do a whole bunch of different things. And again, I I don't think there is uh, you know like one answer to this. But I I, yeah. I think that. I do think that uh, people are born with innate skill sets, right? They, they, you know, in terms of like, I'll never be super organized or detailed or whatever. You're know, born a certain way. But I think in terms of teachability and desire, everybody is different. I wanted a life different than I had when I was in my early 20s. And I was negative and I was not focused on the right things. But I had this desire and I was, you know, open to learning and growing and all that. So uh, I just got you know, fortunately, under the right leaders that were hard enough for my personality, but soft enough and showed their compassion for me. So I think it's, you know, what I believe really is the key, if you pull it down to one thing, it's really consistency, you know, two things, consistency and authenticity. So Arturo, you're a restaurant operator, you go into your restaurants every day, and you are consistent with who you are, you're a very authentic right. person. You are gonna be who you are. You know, people try to say that a leader needs to be this, 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 and this. Be who you are. And hopefully that's a good person that's right. compassionate, that's going to otherwise you are going to have your culture is going to be one of turnover. And right. but you are no matter how I, I write I'm writing books on this stuff and I struggle with this. This is we're trying to figure out people and it's it, it's hard to do. But I think if you I wake up every day. I stay true to my own values. I, uh, you know, I'm super consistent with how I treat my clients, my people. I, and that constant consistency over the years builds what it builds trust, right? And when you have trust, people are going to be loyal to you. And then when you get somebody that comes into the team that doesn't live that it's so clear and obvious that they don't fit into, you know, they can't do the job because they don't fit into the the culture that I have and you know people use that like hire for cultural fit again that to me is not energy that's not positive energy and extroversion that can you do the job and in order to do the job here at restaurant HR group you got to be passionate you've got to be you know and passionate is a, is, a, is a loose word, but you've got to have you've got to have the right attitude because we can, we are nurturing caregivers to our clients. We want to make sure that they're giving them the support that they need. If you have a bad attitude, or you're a terrible communicator, or you're not uh, able to adapt your style and those things, you can't have success here. It's not going to work. So you yeah. know, I think that I think that the you know the the system that I use is just really about understanding who i am being very true to my you know to my values hiring people that are very different from me but that have similar values meaning they work hard they care about people they you know and then i reward that and when they fall short or they make a mistake i don't just say oh my gosh that person made this huge mistake they're gone I understand that people are people and that we're going to make mistakes. I, if I was fired at Potbelly for all the mistakes I would have made, I would have been fired on day two and probably every single day until I left there. But instead, I was empowered to make mistakes and to learn. And I, I learned. I learned from my mistakes, most of them, at least, (laughs) you know, but you know, but I think I think it's just a way of being and I have never relied on technology or a program or some training to do what needs to be done for my people. I am responsible for leading them and I lead them by making emotional connections with with each and every person on my team Mm -hmm. and uh, being real with them. And so when things are tough, or somebody is in tears, or I am not happy with performance, it's they know that I'm going to come to them very authentically and tell them the reality. And they're going to be hopefully loyal. And sometimes it happens. And sometimes it doesn't. But I'm going to stay grounded and consistent with, uh, you know, with everything that I do, including that dealing with conflict. That's amazing. Yeah, it's
1: great. Rob,
0: Carrie, one thing that the pandemic has opened up is remote work for a lot of people who have been in office. Yeah. And I loved a lot of the things that you said about connection and caring and compassion. And I'm someone who has worked remotely for 14 years. So of all people, I know what it's like to work from home for extended periods of time and you can feel isolation and you can um, feel periods of where you don't feel positive and you have to be extremely intentional about your positive inputs and changing your environment. I'm curious your thoughts on, how companies and leaders can have more positive energy in a remote environment?
2: Right. I mean, I think that's a great question. And you know what, it, it comes down to caring about it and understanding that you don't have all the answers. And so we, we went from, I mean, I've hired two people through the pandemic. I've never met them in person. Right. So like, it's very, it's very challenging. But, i am very I, I lead very empathetically, so I think, all right i've got a new person or i've got a team that's used to being in meetings twice a month, and we get together. What can we do and I avoided the whole zoom call with the team at first i I told myself i didn't like that, but it's not about me so we we do regular zoom calls and we i i literally i reach out maybe more than I would if we were being face to face through text or send that good morning, you know, message to everybody or just trying to do those things to show the team that even though we're not in physical, physically, we're not together, we're still a team, we're still pumping out great stuff, we're signing, you know, new deals, we have new clients, and it is a different challenge. But again, we all care about each other. And we have set up certain things through zoom calls and conference calls and meetings and uh, that we are ensuring that everybody continues to feel as much love as we can and you know it's I think it's too sometimes when things like this happen uh, and operators are like well I don't know what the answer I don't know when we're going to be able to go back to the office I think just saying those things here I don't know this is like you guys don't know guys I have no idea what's going to happen here in the next three months so kind of communicating the fact that you don't know either and that you're you're just a human and you're vulnerable and you don't have all the answers but we're in this together I think that goes such a long way and I find that a lot of times managers or or operators or leaders they shut down when they don't have the answers because they're supposed they think they're supposed to have the answers to everything so I think it's just, it's just again, being yourself, putting yourself in the shoes of the people that you lead. And if you were one of the employees there, what would you want? Would you want to hear from me? Would you want to do a conference call and try to execute those things at a whole different level?
0: And I have to imagine there's going to be elements of leadership where leaders are going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because you may not be used to jumping on at 8 a.m. and doing a rah-rah yeah. Zoom call with um, everybody else on your team.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I was, I really, you know, what happened was this, this whole pandemic happened. Then I saw some video about how some girl accidentally took her phone into the bathroom when she was doing a zoom call and she didn't realize it was on video. I'm like, that would be me. Okay. I don't want to do these zoom calls. I like fought the whole zoom call thing. And my team's like, we need to see each other. And It pushed me and it's the funnest thing ever now. I mean, we, you know, we tease now, like, do we really want to go back to the office? These are really fun. You know, we and we're we're doing things to try to make them, you know, we've got a number of people on there, so that can be difficult, but we've we've added some props, like we ask questions and they put up a prop. I mean, we just try to have fun with it. It's just who we are. We have not stopped our culture of learning. I mean, we get on our Zoom calls we do a minimum of two a month. And one of them is focused on something that's going to teach our people, whether it's soft skills or the hard skills or technical or whatever it is. And so we just have kept the momentum going with technology. There's no reason that you can't do that with the fact that we all have cell phones, picking up the phone and calling somebody, you know, writing a little handwritten note to your people and popping it in the mail. There's so many things that you can do to show people that you care about them. And and leadership is about making and keeping that emotional connection with your people. And if you do that well, you know, you're going to have more success in the highs and the lows as you evolve as a company.
0: And Arturo, before I throw it to you, Carrie, I want to double down on the handwritten note because about two feet from me right now are a bunch of postcards that I purchased that say, you are awesome. And I it. it's something that I'm going to be sending to others. And it's a simple way for us to transfer positive energy to someone else. You get caring, you get connection, and yeah. you get surprise. And the reason I did postcards is because you know what the excuses were for why I wasn't doing handwritten notes. I don't have a card. I don't have an envelope. I don't have the stamp, the whole process of it. But a postcard, all I got to do is write it on one side and throw that stamp on there. I've taken a step out of there. But for me, I know it's one of the biggest game changers because we've gone so digital right now that tell me the last time any of us have consistently received a handwritten note from someone. So just a little tip that if I'm doing it and if Carrie's doing it, uh, we all know the power of it. So use that as an action I am here Arturo I'll throw this to you
1: yeah I mean I have I think I have one last question and Carrie everything you've shared has been awesome I, I actually didn't know your story of uh, the Pop Ellies uh, background So okay. I, I know I know Brian very well okay uh, gr- great guy I've known him for probably I don't know 10 or 12 years but yeah. um, that's an amazing amazing story so so the restaurant industry is on the ropes right now in a in a very very bad way. And I think that, um, you know, certainly in the Midwest and, and certainly in Chicago, I think that the, the there's still treacherous waters in front of us. Yeah. It's, it's my opinion that um, HR is more important now than ever. Um, what would you tell somebody that, that is contemplating whether or not to bring a full HR solution into their environment and, and, or somebody that is potentially thinking that it's now is the time to look at it as an expense rather than necessity.
2: Yeah. Well, I think HR is something that should matter to everybody in the company. So you're, if you're, you have two or three stores and you can't hire an outsource service to manage your HR, care about the leadership things, care, teach your managers the importance of building systems throughout the life cycle of an employee. So, How do you go out and recruit great people? How do you hire them? How do you onboard them? How do we lead and train and coach people? So making HR something that isn't just an HR thing, you know, and, and uh, you know, that's, I, I think, you know, HR is what? It's human resources. Are you guys a human company? Are you, whether you have one restaurant or you have a hundred, do people feel connected, uh, you know, on, a, on an emotional level to, you guys. So that that's like the first thing. But in terms of whether or not, uh, you know, somebody can afford or wants to make that investment, I do think that, you know the, the the reality is with with my business so we outsource the hr payroll and benefits and and handle the compliance and help with employee relations right. with our clients and we do it in a way that's like affordable uh, enough for them hopefully to afford it and it's just right. it's such a proactive way of operating that it makes sense for i mean the the, the reality with the world today even pretty you know before pandemic stuff i mean operators and business owners Keeping up with the, li- the laws, the regulation. I mean, I think in Chicago alone, my husband has a few yeah. Chicago research, all the predictive scheduling to the child labor laws, to the minimum wage changes, to the sexual harassment compliance. It's so hard to keep up with that. So you've right. got to have systems and processes in place to understand that, to keep ahead of that and to be proactive. This is all we do. So it totally makes sense for us to manage this for you. And that's why I built my company the way I did. I give, so my company goes kind of like, you can get supported from us or information from us for free. That's what I do on the social platforms. I pump out a ton of content for free. I teach operators how to lead or build systems. Or I'd say, Hey, reminder, minimum wage changes, updating, keep your eyes on it, or call your payroll company. So I do that. It's, it's not as, it's not an order. I mean, it's just, I just post these things on, five different social platforms that people can, you know, that's why I have a lot of followers, they look for that kind of free advice. The next level is they can buy my playbook. And I'm going to second second, I have a second one that's $26. If they want to do all the work to build their systems, it outlines it in this book, you know, and then if they want more support, so they need to reach out to somebody, but they're going to do all the work. That's why I have the membership platform. And that's a a few hundred dollars a year, we're going to be increasing the prices in next year because we have this this platform, we're getting our clients are reaching out to us. It's more like a digital HR department. And we have all the compliance stuff spelled out and tons of content and all that good stuff. And then the fourth way that we support is is by us just doing it. We do all the heavy lifting, you hire us, we, you you know, you guys pay us a monthly fee, that's like we equate it to like a salary. It's always less than what you would have to pay somebody internally to do the payroll and benefits administration. And we, of course, i'm the ceo of this company think it's a value right but but i get it sometimes people just don't have the budget so follow my work and get if you care about it you know if you care about it you know operators always say recruiting and hiring and onboarding and building a great team is the most important thing in my company yet they spend the least amount of time focusing on this you know so even if you're not hiring a company to do it, it how are you going out and recruiting a diverse team of people, I bet you you're probably placing an ad on Indeed, the same ad that you've had for the last seven years, over and over and over, okay? Diversify that a little bit. How do you, what do you do when you're interviewing them? Are you asking them, are you downloading a template that you found on Google that has six interview questions on it, and you're asking those questions, you're not having an in-depth conversation? Are you not checking references? Are you not, do you not have a plan for orientation? So it's about investing the time, whether it's through a company that you pay for, or you yeah. do it yourself. If you right. put a, put aside a few hours a week and dedicate to thinking about the life cycle of an employee. So, how do I recruit and hire? All the way to how do we handle the termination? And if you put little systems in place. Throughout that process, it's not that overwhelming, you know, and that's what we pride ourselves in. Being uh, we, we, our oper- the clients that we work with are just like that's you. Like I, I appreciate your membership, but I don't want to know. Like just do what you need to do for us, you know, that kind of thing. So,
1: it's such a huge fan of 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 HR and what it brings to, what it brings to companies and how it actually, uh, I think, allows uh, entrepreneurs or business owners to actually shape culture in the right way. Yeah. I think it's going to be such an important piece of actually getting out of this mess. I think yeah. the people that are going to survive are going to survive because because of compliance they're going to survive also because of teamwork and they're going to survive because they've provided the right tools for people to have success in a really very very um, you know kind of uh, confusing time yeah. so um, so I, I love it. I love it. Those are. I think
2: that the restaurants that will thrive and, and, and make it out of this pandemic or whatever happens in the world as things are going to happen. This isn't going to be the last tragic event that happens. This has been hard on the restaurant industry, but if very simply you're really skilled at, at managing and building the, the systems the things that you know, make people's lives easier in your company, and you're a great human being, you make emotional connections, and you lead, you influence, you inspire people, the combination of those two things, you know, managing systems and leading people is really, you know, as simple as that sounds, that's the key differentiator, all the work that goes into that is where the hard hard comes, you know, that it's hard to do that. Uh, You know, it's not easy to just have a system, you know, and, and a lot of times people create systems, and then they don't They don't follow those systems or whatever it may be. So, but I think if they, if you first and foremost, make a decision that you're going to focus on it and you're going to do your best to invest in this process that is so important to hire and retain great people, you're going to be ahead of the game. And again, everybody says they want to be great here, but what are they willing to do to get to great? You know, that's really what the key differentiator is. So totally.
0: Rob. So every episode, we like to end with an action item or a takeaway. And I think all three of us should do that. And Arturo, I'm going to allow you to lead the show, carry the way. Do you have an action item or takeaway from this episode?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think my takeaway, you know, I mentioned it. I'm I'm extremely passionate about, about what human resources means for a company. And this is beyond, I think, you know, beyond, it, this is any industry, any company, any any business that has people working in it. And I think that people, I think Carrie is a tremendous resource. And I think that people should, as they begin to try to put their plans together to look, if you can even try to look beyond this next month, two months, three months, what 2021 should look like or can look like. I think that people that that haven't really made the full dive into the potential game-changing opportunities that I think Proper HR can bring. I think that's what, what people should do. I think that they should study it, and if they don't think it's it's entirely right for them or their organization, I, I think that they would find a lot a lot. I think that their mind would change if they actually invested a little bit of time to what that potentially means for their organization.
0: Right, and Carrie, I'll throw this over to you. Do you have an action item or a takeaway from this episode?
2: Call me. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, I think that, you know, kind of piggybacking on what Arturo said, I think, you know, I think you've got to, you've got to care about this stuff, this human resources stuff and, and whatever that means for you in terms of how you're going to build a great company. Uh, there's no there's no one size fits all everybody has in, everybody's in different areas of the country. And there's different, uh, you know, there's different difficulties depending on where you live. But if you care about your people, focus on building simple systems for them to follow and be a good human being focus on, you know, uh, you know, leading people by making emotional connections, by caring, by being compassionate, you know, and we, we are this whole topic of positive energy is, you know, I, I feel like just kind of ending this, the, the power of po- positive energy, if you can focus on being positive, as you move forward, it literally will become a game changer for you. So, you know, lift others up, you know, uh, focus on, you know, learning from your mistakes, uh, stay true to yourself, be authentic. And if you focus and deliberately think about being that way, you will wake up every day and, and hopefully be excited to kind of move forward. A positive attitude gives you the power over your circumstances instead of your circumstances having the power over you. That's a, that's a quote from Joyce. Uh, what's her name? Um, a really great author, uh, Joyce Meyer. And it's such a powerful, it's a a powerful quote. But so I think just being deliberate in, in that like mindset that you have and focusing on like what positivity is coming from everything that you're going through is the biggest action item I can lay out for today.
0: And on my end, I'm proof of the power of positive energy. I know when I left the corporate world to start my entrepreneurial journey, Uh, I realized that negativity didn't serve me. It was not going to help me accomplish what I wanted and get me closer to my goals. So I was like, well, I'm only going to be the leader of team good vibes because it's way better than the alternative. This negative life is not getting me where I want to go. Does it mean it's easy? No, it's not. But guess what? You show up every single day with a smile on your face. And for me, I've got a very simple action item for how you can build a positive mindset and have More positive energy. And what I want you to do is at least once a day in the morning, I want you to say to yourself, Today is going to be a great day. And it's something that for me, I have said that the very first minute I've woken up for the last seven years. I wake up and I say, Today is going to be a great day. And then I probably say it, read it, or write it probably five to seven times in the first two hours that I'm up. Why in the world do I do that? Well, Let's take someone who says today is going to be a great day once a day for 365 days in the morning. How many great days do you think they will have opposed to the person who does not say it? Because we talked about the power of negativity versus positivity. I want to say that negativity spreads seven times faster than positivity does. So by doing this, you're actually stopping a negative force and replacing it with a positive one. And we can all do it. It takes one second and all it takes is intention. And I've heard that deliberate and intention so many times on this conversation that we've had. So say to yourself, today is going to be a great day. And then let us know what happens. So, Carrie, we appreciate you coming on so much. You are a wealth of information and positive Thank energy. You. Where can everybody connect with you?
2: Uh, well, you can come to LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. And my website is carryluxum.com, my non-business uh, website. But LinkedIn is probably where I'm most active in terms of like the content that I that I pump out for free. But I love what you just said. Uh, and I love both of your guys' action items. I think they're very, very, very good stuff. So this has been a blast.
1: And Arturo, awesome. where can everybody connect with you? LinkedIn is going to be the best place. Uh, Arturo Gomez LinkedIn.
0: And you can hit me up on all social media platforms, including LinkedIn and Instagram, at Rob